So the last thing that I made with my butcher box shipment was aloo chicken, and it turned out really well. One of my favorite things is to get the shipment and then open up the New York Times cooking app and see what I want to create over the next few weeks. It helps my creative cooking chops, and both my wife and I really enjoy it. ButcherBox offers a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price, plus they have exclusive member deals, and they also have their own recipes, although I am preferential to the New York Times app, but that's just me. And you can sign up today at butcherbox.com conspirituality and get their special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. So for that year, you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com conspirituality and use code conspirituality to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're a fan of workplace comedies like The Office or satire like The Onion, then I have a podcast that I know you'll love. It's called Mega. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. That's the premise. Each week, the hosts, Holly Laurent and Greg Hess, are joined by guests, since people like Cecily Strong or Jen Hatmaker, to portray characters inside the colorful world of Twin Hills Community Church, which they describe as a mega church with a tiny family feel. The result is a sharp-witted and hilarious look into the world of commercialized religion using humor to cope with the frightening amount of power that church and religion have. So I very much recommend you checking out Mega's episodes, like the one with Saturday Night Live Cecily Strong playing CeCe String, a hilarious character who's fresh out of jail, uh, and also comedian Jason Mantzoukas, you may find yourself dying of laughter and perhaps inspired to take an improv class yourself. Mega is able to keep you laughing as you think and reflect about the world we live in. You can find Mega on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everybody. My name is Matthew Remsky, and I'm here with a brief called Unmasking Liana Shanti with friend of the podcast, Jennings Brown. Jennings Brown, welcome back to Conspirituality. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm just going to do a few housekeeping notes uh, before we chat. Uh, everybody, you can follow us on Instagram at Conspirituality Pond. We are findable individually on Twitter, and you can find us on Patreon. Uh, also, please pre-order our book, uh, that's including the audiobook, which is now available, performed by yours truly, through the link at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. I've got an endorsement here from Julian Field, co-host of QAnon Anonymous. 
Uh, Julian writes, intelligent and compassionate conspirituality is full of insight rooted in direct experience and rigorous analysis. Beres, Remsky, and Walker are deeply familiar with and curious about their subject, an essential and unique book that captures both the yearning for and devastating effects of conspirituality as a phenomenon and a way of life. Thank you, Julian. Okay, Jennings, um, here's what I'm going to say. I think you're kind of becoming the Doctor Who of cult journalism uh, because every few years you pop up on a different planet and timeline in the cultiverse. Uh, so, for instance, you know, you journeyed to Costa Rica to record The Gateway, uh, and that made you the top decoder of Teal Swan. And that meant you had to track down how she digitized like her charismatic talents and bridge the gap between, you know, old school in real life cultism and then recruitment by SEO. Uh, then you did a podcast called Revelations, where I, I don't know, did it feel like you sort of went back in time when you traveled to Oregon House uh, in Northern California? A bit. Yeah, I guess it. Yeah, it, it does very much. Uh, yeah, feel frozen. And uh, I guess it would probably be 1996 was their heyday. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's this lavish compound uh, and vineyards uh, belonging to Robert Earl Burton, who's a millionaire dandy, uh, a sex abuser, also a doomsday prophet who takes dictation from 44 angels. And then he stages sumptuous balls. Uh, on the eve of whatever they tell him the apocalypse is going to happen. And he calls the compound Apollo. Uh, it's all decked out with millions of dollars in antiques, uh, marble statues and fountains. He believes that he's created the ideal platonic environment for his followers to experience what he calls presence with a capital P, which apparently peaks uh, when he has sex with them. So now you're 11 months deep, I think, into the story of a very different cult leader. And unlike Teal Swan, and very much unlike Robert Earl Burton, this is somebody with like almost no presence at all in the real world. Because Liana Shanti has managed to recruit about 180 women into her lucrative fever dream of satanic panic, recovered memories, starvation diets, and then all the family destruction that goes along with these things. And she's done it all from behind a keyboard and a podcast microphone. And as far as I know, none of her followers have ever met her, but I might be wrong about that. Um, there is no retreat in Costa Rica. There's no manor house in wine country. Um, so they don't meet with her because... Liana Shanti also isn't her name. Uh, and she has these kind of, you know, airbrushed profile pics on her socials that aren't hers. It's like she's a real uh, QAnon era cult leader. She's a near total LARP. So is this a fair framing to start with, uh, Jennings? What is your general thumbnail for Liana Shanti? And how would you describe her place in the cult leader pantheon? I mean, I do think she's she has a lot of similarities to Teal Swan. I mean, that's that's how I first found out is people reached out and uh, were saying that she was Teal 2.0, hmm. uh, using a very similar playbook. She's also kind of the anti-Teal in that Teal is very, you know, she very much wants to be famous and she really wants, uh, you know, she said she wants to be, you know, as big as the, big as the Pope or like Oprah. Right, or, right. Um, but um, Liana is, it was, it, she's kind of a, she has a big online presence, but she sort she was sort of a ghost at first. Like who was really this this person? 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, like how, so she has, I mean, her Instagram has, uh, it's like 22.7 thousand followers. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how many of those are real, but, um, yeah, her, her hardcore dedicated group of, um, they're called Lemarian sisters. Uh, you know, her, the, the, the group that she runs is called the Lemarian mystery school and her followers of, uh, almost it's like 99% women are called Lemarian sisters. And um, they are just very, I mean, they're, they're incredibly devoted, but it's all on these like private Facebook groups and signal groups. And um, I mean, they, they are, they are much more radical than I've seen any kind of, uh, any kind of group I've, I've really dug into. What does the radical consist of? Like, how would you run down her basic content? It's, you know, it's a hodgepodge of, um, you know, I mean, Jesus is a big is a big figure. Uh, yeah. Liana is the only she can she's the only person who can channel Jesus. But um, the Bi- but she says the Bible is is demonic. A lot of kind of uh, fear of of demonic forces. A lot of kind of new agey things. A lot of things pulled from theosophy. I mean, like she can access the Akashic records, um, but which you know contain all the information in the universe. Right. Uh, she also is sort of this descendant of Lemuria, which is um, a mystical land much like Atlantis that also that comes from both the Akashic Records and um, uh, Lumeria kind of are pulled from Madame Blavatsky and Theosophy and 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 then um, yeah a lot of like self-help uh, you know and women empowerment you know business leader millionaire mentor I mean it's kind of like a mixture of yeah the the like business leadership self-help gurus but also a lot of uh, you know weird esoteric things and some bits of Christianity but a lot of, um, you know, more conspiracy type thinking, a lot of very QAnon adjacent things or, you know, WooAnon, because it is, there's also sort of like that, yeah, meditation and yoga component of it. The Bible is demonic. Uh, how does that, what's what's going on there? I I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it it's, it may be like more of an information control. I mean, she's kind of, because she's the vessel um, of all the information. I mean, she discourages people from listening to any, um, other outside like YouTubes or, or, um, uh, podcasts. Like I think one person sort of got exiled when, uh, Liana was saying you can't listen to other podcasts and they were like, well, what about Joe Rogan? And, um, you know, then she was cast out for, for questioning her authority. So I think it's like, we don't, she doesn't want people to go to outside information. She wants to be the vessel. And then, so people are are glued to her teachings. And every time she releases a new audio course, um, you know, I think they're scrambling to buy it. And, uh, you know, she posts on her Instagram stories and sometimes like over a hundred times a day. And to them, that's, that's sort of the gospel. Those are, those are what she's channeling from Jesus. And it's, it's the pure, it's, it's, it's the pure, teachings from Jesus and not this thing that I think has been adulterated, like the Bible, I think the idea is like, it's kind of been adulterated by, uh, you know, the men who wrote it. Now, does she claim any kind of lineage or heritage? Does she have a mentor? Is it all just her? It's yeah, all her, I think, um, you know, she says she's been, has had a direct communication with Jesus since the age of two. Right. Um, I believe her kind of self mythology has evolved over time. I mean, some critics and ex-members have pointed out like that, obviously like the things she says about her supernatural powers have, have kind of changed. Um, but yeah, no, she, uh, she doesn't, I mean, she's mentioned like a shaman that she worked with, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's just that she's kind of the, the true vessel, the true light work worker of the era, the avatar of the era. 
Now, she funnels her teachings uh, in terms of monetization into very expensive human design courses that I think are basically audio. Um, with that content, are there, are there any surprises that you came across? I was surprised that how, like, by, by how powerful um, her, her teachings are. I mean, it's a lot of like, it talks about your mother wounds and your father wounds and, you know, cutting off your family cult. And you can't heal until you've, you've, um, until you've healed, you know, from your, your, these, these childhood wounds. And, um, I mean, my first introduction was talking to people that had listened, I mean, ex members. And then, um, you know, in my article, one of the primary interviews is, um, a man whose wife got you know, pulled into this, um, and everybody kind of had a very similar experience when they talked about their loved ones who got pulled into it. And it, it's, it starts with, um, you know, strict diet control. Um, you know, they, it's, it's a lot of like, I should have said this earlier, a lot of veganism and juice cleansing. Right. So they're doing these extreme juice cleanses there. Um, then they start becoming more conspiratorial, you know, the, the, uh, the, the vax is, is Luciferian and, and they're going to like, round everybody up into concentration camps and force them to get vaccinated. And is it all vaccinations or is it just, is it particularly the COVID vaccine? I think it's particularly the COVID vaccine. Um, so they become more conspiratorial. And then um, a lot of them take, take the kids and flee to another state. And that's the, that's the kind of the big picture here is that um, you have followers around the world. And Liana says the only place that you're, you're safe is, um, I mean, the safest place is Florida. Um, <laughs> Montana's kind of safe. Texas is kind of safe. Uh, but Canada is very dark. Yeah, Australia is very dark. So there was this period where one ex-member called it the Great Migration, where um, just these women around the world were all just like basically overnight, like taking their kids and fleeing to another state because Liana was saying that, you know, that hinting, just strongly suggesting that there was going to be a this this sort of master plan where they would round everybody up and put them into concentration camps and kind of put the fear of God, you know, that these reptilian overlords were going to force their kids. To, and, and also the, the, because the vaccine kills your soul. And also if you go near anybody who's been, who's been vaccinated, it, you know, it sheds on you and that could also affect you. So, um, yeah, it was just like all these families, all of a sudden their, um, their wives or you know, spouses or, or daughters just completely transformed and like took the kids and left and wouldn't say where they're going. And then, so back to the the, the primary interview with this, if, with my articles, um, Jason was saying that he he knew his wife was getting to these teachings, so he started listening to the courses as kind of an effort to, I think, save his marriage, you know, to understand what she was going through. Right. And then they started to affect him, and then he cut off his mom. Oh. And um, and it started to kind of feel more isolated. And then his sister kind of started got into the started following Liana a little to try to understand what was going on with her brother and her sister-in-law. And um, then she got pulled in and uh, started, you know, trying to get the kids to, to think that the dad was evil and, and was worried that, um, you know, that there she was in California, she was worried they'd get locked up. So she was plotting to like take the kids and go to Florida. So to me, these like, and this is all through these audio courses that, um, you know, and it's very kind of hypnotic and she uses a lot of NLP and, and like it, it's, you're supposed to listen to them over and over and over. And so you have, I mean, I just kept hearing these stories of, um, moms who were, were just alone all the time listening to these recordings and becoming, um, increasingly paranoid and isolated and conspiratorial. And it felt very, you know, black mirror to me, or just the idea of like, and all these men, they're like, I, 23 years, 19 years, 25 years of, of marriage and like the occasional argument here and there, but like we were on the same page. And then all of a sudden during COVID when they were very isolated and this became their new sense of community, 
um, they just kind of got radicalized through these audio courses. So, so that was, that was the thing that was kind of staggering for me is just how convincing Liana can be through these courses that, um, they do a lot of the things that I think Liana was doing. I mean, um, that I think Teal Swan was doing where it, it kind of encourages you to look through your, um, your history, your personal history with, with a darker shadow. And, you know, it's like, start, you start thinking like, Oh, that time that my dad left me in the car. Well, that was abusive. And the, you know, they, when she would, when they, they, my kid parents would kiss me on the forehead, like that was actually grooming or, you know, it's like you kind of start, Liana says, basically everybody goes to these courses, starts to realize their, their parents, um, were abusive and that their husband is a, uh, abusive narcissist and they become increasingly isolated. It sounds like you're talking about something very powerful and narcotic, um, but did you find that the induction process was uh, plausible in the sense that, you know, she would start with some small evocation of a, of a sort of subtle memory about a kiss on the forehead and then would build from there in ways that you found compelling as well? Honestly, to me, it's a lot of it's like kind of stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just the repetition of like and it's like you listen to it so much and it's so it's really dark and it just like repetitive and it makes you go back through these memories and also planting little seeds because she's this authority you know she'll say things like when kids wet their bed they've been sexually abused yeah and so then if that happens to their kids or if they were like oh i wet my bed and then she really encourages them to do these meditations to like uncover these memories and then another component of this that's important to point out is and she has these private signal groups where people can ask questions um, and she reads the Akashic records. And of course it costs to, to get access to this. And so as people are kind of uncovering or starting to reflect on their, their childhood in different ways, um, they ask her questions. Uh, you know, was, I'm starting to think maybe I was abused. Was it uh, in my church? And she's always like, yes. Or, you know, it was like, was, was it a male figure? Yes, it was your uncle. Um, and then also wow. with her kids too, like my kid's wedding is bed is somebody, you know, and it's like, yes, it's your brother. And it's this authority. And then. So people are entering the signal channel as though they're sort of approaching an Oracle and she's answering questions just as though she's looking into, you know, the dimension of their lives when this thing happened and she's giving the answer and it's just, that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when, I mean, one person I talked to, yeah, they, uh, they started uncovering these things. Liana said, you know, her son was being hurt. She started, went to, went to the husband and was like, you know, Liana's saying these things are happening. And he's like, why are you talking to this person on, why are you just this person you've never met? You know, these pictures. And it's, it's also like, yeah. because her pictures seem so, you know, airbrushed and ridiculous, I think to some people, um, you know, like I can imagine how someone's like, why are you, why are you, we making parent parental choices based on this? And so then the, the mother will go to Liana and is like, well, my husband doesn't believe me. And, and Liana's like, well, that's because he's actually abusing the kids or he's cheating on you. Oh my God. So it's a, just a Kafka trap. Now, let me just say too, that, you know, um, Jason, who you interview and who gives this incredible story about how his partner Jessica gets sucked into the Lemurian mystery school uh, and becomes convinced that she has to leave him with their two kids. And he has no idea where they they go to, but he's FaceTiming with them uh, a couple of weeks after they leave. And and he can see that they're shivering in a barn. Uh, Truly horrible 
stuff. But he goes on this quest with this little detour into being, um, you know, Liana Pilled himself. And he finds other distressed family members whose loved ones have fled. Uh, and he finds out that Liana Shanti is not who she presents as. So who is Leanne Wilson? Yeah, Leanne Wilson was uh, a lawyer in like the late 90s. I think she spent maybe 18 months, less than two years at a pretty major law firm in Manhattan. Um, she has said in podcasts that 9-11, she was, I think, eight months pregnant. And that was really kind of a shock to the system, as right. it was for all of us. But I imagine especially being there and you know about to bring life into the world, it was especially traumatic. Um, so she ended up in, she, so she decided to leave law. She, her license is now suspended, I think, because of inactivity. Um, but she ended up in Hawaii where she became apparently this master sales person. She was selling timeshares for Wyndham. And, uh, I think she was, uh, was pretty good at it by what I've, I've uncovered. Um, she, uh, I think was fired. She, she filed a class action lawsuits, uh, alleging some pretty severe, um, uh, sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, it really sounded like this, this old boys club. And um, I, I believe it was probably pretty toxic. I think it was probably a pretty bad experience. Right. But um, after th- uh, that lawsuit, um, she, I think, then kind of went through a sort of spiritual awakening. And um, she sort of transformed into, well, soon after that, she started posting online as this new person, Liana Shanti. Um, who was building this women's empowerment uh, health business? Kind of it evolved into the Health Mastery Institute, um, and I think you know that probably was this pretty like this safe space from uh, you know after the pretty toxic work environment where it was mostly women and, and helping women empower themselves and and you know I, I I can understand that sort of origin story of why she got into it and then but she was she was very mysterious no fo- no photos of, of her. Um, and over time, I think as people started saying, you know, your health advice, cause it was, you know, a lot of vegan and, and pretty simple stuff, you know, cut out, uh, processed foods, whatever. And people said, you know, you, you help me cure myself from cancer and all this. And right. I think over time she started getting more into the spiritual and in the business. And, um, finally in 2018, she posted her first, I think her first selfie, um, where she was, she did seem, and, I mean, they, and they sort of evolved over time, but she seemed very ageless and young and she's now 52. Um, and very much just like a, I think suburban mom, but online she's this kind of ageless, beautiful, um, avatar of, of Jesus and, um, Jesus with a little bit of kind of anime or manga filtering as well. Right. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's very airbrushed, and she gets a lot of criticism for that. That I think some of it's unfair because it's like if you know, a, uh, I mean, a lot of male gurus are yeah. probably using filters and trying right. to make their pecs look better and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they don't get they don't get flack for it, right? Um, so I don't want to like, yeah, but I mean, it, it does. She does appear different than like the the the, the pictures that other people have dug up, and um, of of Leanne Wilson. She has a toxic experience uh, at Wyndham. She leaves um, money management or time timeshare selling. Uh, but as far as her family origin story goes, she says in a bunch of different places that she was always very supported uh, as a child, that she went to, you know, she had good schooling. Um, she doesn't have a cursed family story. And, you know, 
how does she come to such insights around family cults and abuse? Because somebody like Teal Swan, um, you know, having that as part of her origin story is is key. That's yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think that's because she's perfect. She's had the perfect life. I mean, she says she's never had a drop of alcohol. She's never had any of these problems, and that's why. You know, it is again. That's that's another kind of like anti-teal thing, or the you know the the opposite is that she, like teal learned from these experiences. But I think Liana has always been the perfect thing, and and that also goes back to her pictures. It's like people when she posts these selfies, people are like, "You're so flawless. You're so beautiful." I think like people think that she's she's the one. And I, ex members told me she'll talk about you know these amazing um, like she about her sex life and her love life and how incredible and perfect everything is. But like. Nobody else in the group, none of her followers, you know, they all have to heal their wounds in order to get to where she's at. Right. Okay. Well, you know, I have the first two minutes of her first podcast episode queued up for us to listen to. I have a couple of questions, but let's let's have a listen. She's a motivator, millionaire mentor, Jesus lover, serial entrepreneur, mother, and former Wall Street attorney who comes with her own personal trigger warning on a mission to teach you how to empower yourself and heal your life from the inside out. And now, welcome to Deep Throat. And by that, I mean Throat Chakra with Liana Shanti. Aloha, everyone. This is your host, your girl, Liana. And by girl, I mean 51-year-old suburban mother of two. I'm excited for this new platform, this new way to reach so many more people with my message of healing and unconditional love, empowerment and sovereignty, deep throat. And by that, I mean throat chakra is a platform to showcase what healing your life really looks like, where I will be inviting some of the most amazing empowered women and the men who support them to share their journeys, triumphs, struggles, and everything in between. About the name, Throat Chakra is the hub of the human design. It's where everything manifests, and we will be going deep on this podcast. I came out of the womb empowered and with an activated throat chakra from day one and have been encouraging and empowering people since I was in elementary school, and I have never stopped. In this very first episode, I'm going to give you a bit about myself, my perspective, my approach, and my personal journey, and then we'll go from there. I have so many exciting episodes planned. I'm going to start out by saying I have the most amazing, supportive, loving family and friends and community, and that is what has brought me to this place and to this understanding and awareness of what this podcast would be all about. I do tend to trigger certain types of people, which is why my intro says I come with my own trigger warning. You know, nothing is more scary, more threatening, and more enraging to the patriarchy than a truly empowered woman, especially a woman who earns a lot of money. I made my first million in my 20s, who truly loves herself at all times, is very successful, speaks her mind at all times, encourages, educates, and empowers people to be independent and free. And who also happens to be a mom who homeschools and has the three B's, blonde hair, blue eyes, and big boobs. So there's so much going on in this, Jennings. There's so much going on. And and in some ways, um, it doesn't feel that much outside of the realm of typical boss babe influencer stuff. It's hard to imagine that there's this sort of you know, undercurrent going on. But first of all, I want to ask, she spills the beans directly here about being 51. Does she address how that scans against the profile pictures at all? 
amazing skincare. I mean, okay. she's just, you know, I think it's a part of her whole, because a big part of this is the health, the, the juice cleansing. If you do all the things I do, you will look like me. Right. Okay. You know, so, yeah. so even though, you know, people have dug up actual photos of her, she doesn't address that discrepancy. She doesn't have to because that's fake news or something. She doesn't really have direct it head on. I mean, she did recently release her first video on her Instagram. Um, it also seemed like heavily like a, a good face filter. Right. Um, so that I took that as kind of a response, like, cause everybody's like, well, where are the videos of her? You know? <laughs> right. And then she finally did that. Of course, for years she was saying, um, not to do any videos because that's a way of like capturing your soul or something or, um, you know, so she discouraged people that was during COVID. She was, said, don't nobody do zoom conferences or anything. Cause that's, you know, kind of Luciferian. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of stripping people of like a really, you know, important way of, of finding community and connecting with people during uh, COVID. Right now on the age sort of subject, you know, it feels like she's really mastered the sort of TikTok rhythm uh, in terms of delivery, at least in the podcast here. And, and she and I are of the same age. So do you have a sense of how she's done this, like how she's learned uh, how to just sound so, you know, on point? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the podcast, I mean, a lot of it seems very, um, it's very accessible and welcoming. And then I think once you get into the core, like the the private Facebook groups, that's where it's more like, you know, they're helping people cross the borders illegally and take their children. And, and that's another component that really it's, it's important to talk about because there are so many kids that are caught up in this, this mess. Right. And, um, uh, but, um, yeah, I think, I think what it comes down to is she's, again, she was an incredible salesperson. I mean, timeshares, you know, like who, you know, nobody enjoys buying a timeshare. Nobody, I mean, you know, I mean, she, I mean, she was apparently bringing in like, you know, 3 million a year or something selling timeshares. So I just think she's really good at like just being very charming and charismatic and making you feel like the most important person in the room when she's with you. And, um, you know, it's like somebody who, uh, moms who are struggling during a, a, a really bad time, you know, when everybody's locked up in their, in their homes with their partners and everything gets on your nerves and it, and here's, you know, this, um, this millionaire mentor, empowering guru who is, you know, you're, you're, you want her to be your best friend. And I don't, I think that she's just really good at translating that in, um, in podcast. And in all of our audio courses. Now, she says in this intro that she's going to be featuring amazing women, but then she also says the men that support them. But I, I'm wondering if that's accurate. I mean, are there any men featured in her content or are men generally narcissists and abusers when they're referred to? It is very, very rare that she used like there's been, a, I think, a couple men who were just very like that were super supportive and got and it sounds like they kind of started getting into it because they wanted to uh, stay married. Um, and that Liana kind of deemed them okay, but they're not, I think I'm pretty sure they can't access like the Lemurian mystery school and like the certain conversations, but there's a couple of men that are sort of in the group that are more just like very supportive to, um, their, their partner's, uh, you know, spiritual journey. Now, how about, there's a very interesting version of feminism going on here too. And I'm wondering if anybody pushes back on, you know, my big boobs on wall street threatened the patriarchy. Ex-members all, all point that out. They they about the uh, you know how hypocritical that is because it is like very like um, they said they they told me like there's a lot of shame around sex and around um, you know sexuality and stuff with with it amongst the members um, because like you know if you have sex with a 
abusive narcissist or somebody who hasn't healed their wounds, then it's going to affect you. And if you have that sex, somebody has back vaccinated, you know, that could kill your soul. And, um, and so there's a lot of shame around that and in, in anything that could like invite that. But yes, I mean, she, she, she does the opposite a lot of, I mean, yeah, she's, she's the opposite of everything that her followers are because in, you know, she's trying to get their followers to be like her. You've brought up the children wrapped up in this. Um, she's ruined a bunch of families as per your reporting. Uh, can you describe the fallout generally? Again, I talked to several ex-members and since the first article came out, I've been tons more people have reached out with describing very similar situations. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I interviewed one woman who said that she coached her kids to say that the father was abusing them um, because she's like, I, she, in her words, she was like, I was so brainwashed when Liana told me my kids were being abused. I believed it. And, you know, she needed, she, so she wanted to, Liana's like, you have to leave him and, and, you know, get sole custody. And the best way to do that is to, um, uh, to, get, you know, child protective services involved. And I don't know that she ever directly, I'm not going to say like Liana saying, but she's very clever about kind of putting things in motion without, you know, she thinks she has a lawyer brain. Um, but yeah, this, so this, this mother, like she believed her kid was being abused. So she got video of the kid, you know, where she was trying to like basically coach. She said, I, I coached my kid to, to say that the dad, you know, was abusive and got child protective services involved and then got a divorce. And then she started spiraling, and um, started having panic attacks from all these new realizations that, you know, she was abused and their kids, her kids were abused and finally checked herself into um, uh, psychiatric care. And now through that, she's been able to get out of it because she um, she said, you know, that that a got her kind of off out of the group. And B, she was forced to interact with therapists and doctors. And Liana says all therapists, all doctors, all family counselors are evil. You can't trust them. So then she was like, well, these people clearly want to help me. So she got out of it. And now, you know, she tells me, look, she said, I could not have asked for a better father to my kids. Um, but I was so brainwashed that I, I believed that they were evil. So I was, you know, I was coaching my kid. And, you know, now she's a lot of these ex-members. They tell me they're trying to, like, patch things up with their family. And, you know, to their credit, they're all they're all taking you know accountability. But they're like, I wouldn't be in the situation without Liana. And that's one thing they you know, we all join cults of different kinds and hopefully come out of the other end, uh, you know, and, and learn some things, some things, but these kids that are caught up that are being taught to think that their dads are, are demons or abusers and that they have these experiences. I mean, you know, it's like if, it's like if Teal Swan were working directly with kids with, you know, and that sort of memory stuff. Well, it is a very sort of, a poignant and tragic microcosm of the satanic panic in general, because yeah. that was driven. Right, those right. prosecutions were driven by children caught in this conflict of allegiances between, you know, who who are you going to try to please and who is making you safe and what must you say in order to, you know, retain the love of the parent who has this very strong idea about their partner. Incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but you know, that's, that's a moral panic. And I mean, I guess this is all part of kind of the modern moral panic of, you know, you know, QAnon is kind of like the satanic panic of the era, obviously, uh, you know, you go into that, but you rare, I mean, I rarely see it where it's coming directly from a woman or a, you know, a guru reading the Akashic records and saying this child that I've never met, you know, the, the child of a mother who I've never met in person, you know, knowing that they were abused, and then that mother going and basically telling the kid that, you know, and, and, and planting those memories. 
I think we're both kind of boggled by the ease with which this person was able to do something like this and make prognostications like that on on Signal. But yeah, I don't know. It it like reveals some very deep vulnerability. I think uh, that while we're sort of puzzled at how she can pull it off, in some way she pulls it off because the technology is available. And because she can affect a kind of certainty and a kind of charisma through those channels. Uh, and somehow it just works. And as it works, there's no reason for her to stop. In fact, she probably um, gains in terms of credibility and you know the attachment of her followers and, and probably even money through the positive reinforcement that is actually ruining people's lives. Yeah, yeah te- technology, the internet makes... It's so much easier to start a cult or a cult-like group. I mean, you know, Scientology, uh, I mean, I probably should <laughs> try to say the word publicly. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, uh, they their whole thing is they do these, these psych, you know, they do these readings that you work with a sort of therapist-type person, and then they get all these confessions, and then they use them, and then you're afraid, you know, and like, they're, they're a lot of cult-like groups have had, have a history of ways of gathering collateral right well with this it's like in these facebook groups there's this kind of momentum of everybody sharing all these things and there's a real you're you get the val like you're supposed to be putting all your stuff out there and then also is you're encouraged to like ask liana about your um about what's happening to you and your kids and so people are posting all this stuff and so she has and then she'll just post the screenshots as soon as somebody is exiled or doubts her or something, she kicks them out. She'll start posting all these confessions on her Instagram stories and then sometimes tagging people's employers. Um, and so it's just so easy. I mean, this thing that like these other groups throughout history have like had to have a whole system and in, in, in employees to do this or per- people who were like tasked to do this. I mean, it's all done on her phone. And so that's just one example of the many ways that she's able to use the internet to just being a natural salesperson. Um, and, and just finding ways to um, to get people more devoted to her and to give her more money. Now, it looks like your reporting has like blown up your inbox. You were mentioning a lot of tips coming in, but it's also focused some police attention on uh, Leanne Wilson. So what's going on with that? Yeah, so in the article, I you know, point out that she is currently um, on probation. She, uh, she, in 2021, she... Uh, pled guilty to um, bank fraud. She uh, that she was concealing assets in a bankruptcy filing, um, and you know, which is it's bad. It's, it's not good to lie to the government when you're you know <laughs> about yeah when you're applying for bankruptcy. And um, she, so she's yeah had, had to pay twenty twenty one thousand, and she's in probation for five years. She I think can't leave Hawaii without um, getting permission from the court. Uh, but when this article came out, um, a lot of people, I think, went to her probation officer. I, I'm not entirely sure how the probation officer like first saw the article. Um, but yeah, so the court is uh, bringing, they ordered her to come in for hearing. Um, I believe it's on Monday, uh, the 24th, um, to I think start looking into this and find out like if because you know the. In theory, the uh, the probation officer, I think, is supposed to have access to all of her financial records, and I think those are supposed to be pretty buttoned up. But um, she's got all of these businesses. I mean, her Health Mastery Institute um, is uh, registered in Nevada under one of her followers' names. Oh. 
I was told that like a lot of the checks go to her husband. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm not to keep it. It's like, it sounds like there's some weirdness afoot and uh, that, you know, I can understand why probation officer uh, would want to look into that. Okay. So we've got a purely online cult where the leader uses only audio and IG, you know, text decks and, and, you know, signal to communicate. I imagine that because there's not a lot of sort of direct or, you know, a lot of the stuff is asynchronous, right? And I'm wondering whether that means that if she starts going through legal stress, she'll be able to weather it. How long do you think she's going to hold out, do you think? It's like, I mean, when the article came out, she was, uh, she was spying and, and like, I know the probation officer probably like reached out and stuff. I don't know. Uh, she was spiraling on her Instagram. I mean, she was still, she was attacking all the people. I mean, she, she seems to like get more chaotic, the more heat comes. Right. And I, I, yeah, I don't, I really, i usually, I can like kind of feel like I get a sense of people's motivations and stuff, but she really seems to be a case chaos agent. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what's, what's going to happen. Um, I think, you know, she's going to keep posting and, and until maybe, you know, they, I don't know if they can, how, how much they can restrict, um, you know, her access to social media, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what she's going to do. In talking to her f- former followers, do you uh, have concerns that if she does spiral with the stress of the scrutiny, that she will give them instructions to do things that are not in their best interests? Um, other people have expressed that concern. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a uh, one Canadian member, because there's a lot that have come from Canada to Florida, and one bought this uh, $1.4 million McMansion uh, in Jacksonville, and a few of the other um, followers moved in, and I think there were like 11 kids in this house, and it's this pretty big property <sighs> where all these and, – and that's when one, one member, when she was like, that's when I had to get out because she was like, if some kind of Heaven's Gate scenario happens there and I'm connected to all this, like what happens to my kids? Um, yeah, those were basically her words. And, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, it is, it's alarming that like, she doesn't want anybody to go to Hawaii. I've heard, um, I think she doesn't want anybody near her. Um, so she, for whatever reason, she's having most people go to Florida. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, because of it, it's so chaotic, I I have no idea what she's going to do. And I I mean, that is, I, 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 I know other people do have the concerns that it could get really, really dark. What do you ultimately hope people learn from this story? <sighs> just log off. <laughs> like, just get off the internet. The internet was a mistake. Uh, or, you know, the current age of algor- algorithmic anxiety. We, we should have done everything we could to avoid it. Like, I, I hope that, you know, the the future, like, somebody comes back in time. And uh, it, like, just go outside and find community in real life because I mean, that's look, the, these people didn't have that choice. I mean, during COVID, I think a lot, again, a lot of people were locked in they found communities where they could. And a lot of people found this community and it was a really, really powerful force um, because it was led by a really, really, I don't know, charismatic person who just knew how to sort of weaponize this. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that, that's what keeps me sane is having a, a community of people in my neighborhood who, who you know, look after me and we, we look out for each other. And, you know, I've, I have good family that checks on me and good friends. And I just just try to just 
try to get off the internet. Like, stop listening to podcasts. Just, <laughs> just you know, don't don't worship your your podcast uh, host that you love. Just just go go, go try, please try to find some friends. Like, do a knitting class. I don't know, <laughs> Jennings. It sounds like you have come from the future, maybe in a telephone box, <laughs> to give a very sage message at the end of this episode. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Good luck with this work. Thanks for doing it. It's hard. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 